1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics and Medical Director for the Center for the Advancement of Youth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Dreams are the stories that our brains tell us when we're asleep, but is that all there is? Why do some of us remember our dreams vividly and others don't? Do reoccurring dreams mean anything, and are they necessary? Today I have Karen Bonner, LPC, to talk with us today about our dreams and what they might mean. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Good morning, and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about Dreams. What do they mean? So, dreams are the stories that our brains tell us when we're asleep, some say. Um, they're those clips, those images, those pictures of uh, maybe partial things that happen to us during the day, experiences, and other things. Um, is it memory imprinting? Um, do we have to have? dreams to really adequately imprint um, our memories. Some of our researchers say that is so. But as you look around, uh, there's not a whole lot of hard science about dreams and exactly why we have them and what happens to those people who say they don't have those dreams. Um, Some of us dream in, in absolute technicolor, very vividly, and others dream in black and white. Some of us have those reoccurring dreams, and do they really mean anything? Um, today, I have Karen Bonner with us, licensed professional counselor who is in Ridgeland, has practice in Ridgeland, Mississippi, and she's going to talk to us about our dreams, uh, what they might mean. Um, whether or not we really have to have them um, to survive. Welcome, Karen. It's great to have you back. Well, thanks for having me back, Dr. Butrus. It's good to be with you today. Thanks. So um, what I wanted to do is just go through a couple of things. Um, Like I said, dreams are there. Most of us have them. Many of us have those reoccurring dreams. And right before the show, we were talking about Mine that I don't have anymore. But it was one of those dreams that I had, gosh, well into my um, older adulthood, where I would not be able to find where my final algebra class was. And I couldn't find my locker. I couldn't find um, the books for it. I couldn't find the room. I'd be scurrying around. And um, most of the time, I'd wake up. Um, Before I ever found the class. So um, I'm pretty sure that those dreams occur during periods of higher stress. Yeah. They do indeed. Of all the dream themes that I
3: hear, that one is the most common. (laughs) I think that is so funny. The Um, back to school dream uh um, in which people cannot find a classroom, realize they are late, Uh, realize they are supposed to take an exam and are not prepared for it, Uh, often uh, uh, are in unfamiliar surroundings, Mm -hmm. but they know they're supposed to be there. It recurs, as you said, when people are under stress. To look at that sort of symbolically, we can think about... um, What happens when we're supposed to take an exam? And think about what's going on in our waking life. How are we being tested? Mm -hmm. So you think about it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, how we're being tested. So, mm -hmm.
1: so there's another recurring dream that Mm -hmm. I hear uh, people talk a lot about, and that is the the falling dream. You're on the top of a wall, you're in a swing, you're in an airplane, Mm -hmm. and you fall. Yes. A couple of ways to look at that. One is, can you
3: remember the content around the fall? Or do you just have that sudden feeling of falling as you're falling asleep? If it's the latter, that sudden feeling of falling as you're sort of falling asleep, and there's a reason we call it falling asleep Asleep. is there are brain chemicals that kick in as we begin to fall asleep and if there's a hitch in that
1: Mm -hmm. we have
3: that feeling of falling uh, with a startle Mm. however if we dream of being in a high place and falling and we understand the content around it we can name the place um, we can name people around us we can name some of the action around us one way of thinking about our dreams is that they are compensatory. They compensate for a waking life stance. And so if we're, as my grandmother used to say, too big for our britches or mm. flying too
1: high, uh-huh.
3: our dream will will pull us, will back, will down. Pull us back down mm. to earth and put us... Put us back where we need to be. Interesting. Ground us again.
1: Yeah. So, listeners, do you have any of those um, recurring dreams, or have you had any odd dreams that you you want to maybe talk about and see what Karen thinks these might mean, Um Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline org. If you can't listen to this whole show, by the way, you can listen to it on podcast at mpbonline dot org. Um yeah, Karen, I wanted to make another comment about those back to school dreams.
3: Sure. One clue is what school. For instance, if your back-to-school dream occurs in the college setting, that's a clue. If it occurs in the high school setting, that's a clue. If it occurs in the lower grades, that's a clue. In that, whenever our dreams take us into the past, our own past, it is to remember something that we learned then that is in service to us now that hmm. we may have forgotten. And so if we go back to school, right. it's to either learn something that we need to learn now or to remember
1: something we did learn yeah. that's that we need to have going forward. Uh, very interesting. You know, like I said, mine was always about that algebra. I wonder if I was trying to bring up an algebraic. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Um, so... You know, we we typically um, dream during REM, REM sleep. That's rapid eye movement mm-hmm. um, stage of sleep. And that's one of those things that we know we really need to get into REM sleep to have a good, complete cycle of sleep. So you have the different stages of sleep. REM sleep is at the end of the stages of sleep, and then you move back up into um, stage one sleep so you have partial awakenings and then that deep slash paralytic sleep um, so you know there's there are a lot of hypotheses out there um, as I mentioned earlier there's not a lot of deep science it's hard to figure out there's still a lot of controversy I think one thing though that researchers do know is that REM sleep, deep sleep, dream sleep is important. Um, most researchers believe if you don't get into that, your your memory imprinting is bad your memory' bad and um, there are a lot of, Uh, newborn mothers of newborns Mm -hmm. who will probably (laughs) attest to that right absolutely yeah yeah well we've got several callers already so let's jump right on to the phones we have petra in jackson good morning petra thanks for calling
4: good morning dr buttress how are you
1: great great
4: i wanted to bring up a study a study which is linked to ptsd and sleeping and dreaming Mm -hmm. Um, With soldiers deployed and coming back and had a very traumatic experience, or therefore anybody who had a very traumatic experience, um, the research has shown if they immediately go to sleep or as soon as possible, it takes much, much longer or sometimes it's almost impossible to work through that traumatic experience. With soldiers who were kept up after they came back from a conflict for 8 to 10 hours and were counseled, um, they did well, much better, much better with uh, going through that because as they fell asleep, they had time to work through that traumatic experience prior to Ah. going into REM sleep, Mm. to reorganizing the brain, Mm -hmm. to keep a memory, and to lose a memory. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up.
1: Wow, Petra, that makes such sense, doesn't it? Karen was nodding. Go ahead, Karen. Uh, Tell us your thoughts. That
3: is, we were talking a little bit about um, PTSD dreaming and the experience of having flashbacks. Uh, perhaps later on
1: right we were talking about that before Uh the show
3: flashbacks in sleep and how dreams can at least be sort of a a way to gauge the healing Mm -hmm. and if the flashbacks are you know the reliving of the experience then as uh, processing the experience as counseling takes effect as as other ways to process the experience take effect. The the flashbacks in sleep become more and more dreamlike. It's often an indication that the that the soldier is is healing from that experience. Mm-hmm. It's beginning mm-hmm. to put the trauma in the correct place in the psyche in the memory yeah but that that is new information for me thank that's you Petra a, that's, yeah, very, that's a interesting. very
1: interesting study Petra if you can um send us that to family at mpbonline.org that study um I think Karen and I both would love to review that and we can share it with our other listeners that's Gladly. that's good information mm-hmm. and that actually may work in other traumatic mm-hmm. events mm-hmm. um to, to take a look at maybe restructuring what happened so that when your memory imprinting during that sleep and dream sleep is a little bit different. yeah. Hmm.
4: Absolutely. I will
1: send it to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, let's go next to Charles in Olive Branch. Good morning, Charles. Thanks for calling.
5: Thank you. I enjoy your show, ladies. <laughs> I have a... It was about my father... He had a recurring dream, he said, through his whole life. He's back now. But it was, uh, there was two lines and lots of hooded figures. He was in one line, and uh, one of the hooded figures came up to him and said, You can't go that direction because you're leaky. And he said it just bothered, bothered him his whole life.
1: And because um, you're yeah. what? <laughs> Say that again?
5: He said... Taka, like T-A-K-A, and leaky, like L-E-K-I or L E K L E A K Y. He said it was like Latin or something, but he said he, he had that since he was a young man, and he had it all the way up into his 80s.
1: Wow. Uh, Karen? Did he make
3: any kind of connection with those strange words? Did he have any no, kind of idea about no, that?
5: that and we looked on the Internet and everything for him, and I found one person that on the Internet, the only thing was He's a gamer, like a master gamer or something like that, with all these rewards. And he's not old enough that, you know, he been around back then. He had no idea. Later later in my life, in my father's life, he became a, a master mason and was involved in, in lots of uh, Masonic and Shriners and Templars and things like that. But I don't know if he was drawn to that from a childhood, but he, that was a childhood dream. He said, You can't go into this line, you can't go there, you have to get in this line. The figure told him because you're soccer leaky.
1: Huh! Wow,
3: that is so interesting. I wonder if it does in any way touch on his Masonic experience because that uh, world is so full of symbolism and so full of sort of esoteric terminology and things like that. And it was kind of a uh, somehow he had um, been exposed to that. Early on, I, yeah. it, all we can do is guess without his input into this.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, we know that mm-hmm. dreams typically contain some element of our real life somehow as we're imprinting like I said it may be a familiar person a location something you read about something is contributing mm-hmm. maybe to that so we absorb yeah. so, so much information that doesn't
3: necessarily come through consciousness mm-hmm. but through our five senses we still absorb that information and it does go in into our processing brain and so uh often things will appear in dreams that we don't have a conscious memory of ever being exposed to that this sometimes is an explanation for the deja vu experience Uh also right but our uh our unconscious uh is brilliant about putting together different images and experiences in all sorts of ways looking for patterns looking for ways for us to make sense of all of this input and then to put it in memory Mm -hmm. and often it gets given back to us in the form of dreams
1: interesting so um, we've got others on the line, but we have some open lines. If you'd like to join in, you can call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Okay. Yes, we'll go next to Mendel, who's on the road. Good morning, Mendel. I hope you're driving carefully.
6: I'm trying. Good morning.
1: <laughs> Good morning. Uh, tell us what your thoughts are. Questions.
6: Okay, well, like I
7: was telling you, screener, I've had this dream from my early teens to my late 20s. I, I haven't had it in a while. It was always the same thing. I was chased through the woods by dogs and guards, and before they put their hands on me or before I fell over a cliff, I woke up sweating, in cold sweat. Now... Let me explain something else to you. My father used to be in the, uh, was in the concentration camp
3: oh ah okay,
7: sorry about that and uh he passed away uh, last year, but he used to tell us stories you know what happened to him, so yeah. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not.
1: perhaps I'm sorry that your father had to go through that suffering um, Karen Mendel Yes, indeed. There
3: there has been some interesting work done, I don't know if it's conclusive, about inherited memory. About something when something happens to someone that it changes the way they are at the cellular level and that that in turn gets passed down to their children and even their grandchildren. As I said, I don't think some interesting work is being done in this area. It may not be conclusive yet, but I wonder if this is an example of it. Also an example of just processing what you heard mm-hmm. from him uh, of, of the fact that someone so uh, dear to you, so close to you, that meant so much to you had to undergo this. But one more way to look at it. And remember, let's remember about dreams. It's both and, not either or. So all of these things can be true simultaneously. But often when we have a dream in which someone is chasing us or someone breaks into the house, um, the chasing dream, breaking into the house dream, is often something trying to fight its way into consciousness that we are resisting that we are resisting in our waking in our waking life some some realization about ourselves our situation is trying very hard to break into to consciousness we are resistant because it will require us to change Hmm. and so it seems to be uh
1: um it seems to be very frightening at at the very least so karen i want to go back to your your Point about the the study that looked at inherited memory. I, um, you know, there's been so much work done on epigenetics. Mm-hmm. How much is inherited? How much is um, from the the nurture? Um, how much is nature? How much is nurture? And I think the the predominant um, opinion now is that the majority of it is is the the nurture part Mm -hmm. i i suspect mendel as i was hearing that 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 um you were working through some of your father's stories the the being in a concentration camp highly traumatic i'm sure he suffered from ptsd if he didn't he was very lucky post-traumatic stress disorder so um the to it, it would make sense that you would be working through some of those um, memories of your fathers mm-hmm. that did get imprinted into your your memory also. Um, and certainly that's sort of what um, you know acting out these um, experiences in your dreams maybe sometimes are those things that you can't really act out in real life. So they happen in your dreams, right? Yes. So, well, thanks, Mendel, for that call. I, um, I think I would imagine that we'll hear from another caller who has a chasing dream or one of those dreams, and um, so we'd like to hear from, from those too. But let's stay on the phones. We'll go on to Deborah in Pontiac. Good morning, Deborah. You've been patient. Thanks for waiting. You still there? Hello.
2: <laughs> hello there thank you for Great. taking my call
1: sure uh i've got a question um my my mother i'm 64
2: now but when i was a toddler i was like three and a half my mother walked outside and uh killed herself well over the years i have this recurring dream And at the time i didn't understand she was dead so my brother and i we were we were trying to get her to come in but anyway the dream is when i uh i'm going into the the front door of the big house and um I'm, I'm I'm trying to catch my mother, and I'm thinking if I can catch her, I can stop her, but in, in every door I open there's a a dead cat, a dead bird, you know there's something dead in each room. And it's always haunted me and puzzled me as to where this is coming from.
1: Wow, again, Deborah, you went through some major trauma, and you know people used to not believe that three year olds could uh remember um things, and that true memory didn't start until four years. Now we know that's completely wrong, and that um especially in brighter individuals, sometimes memories um, are pretty heavily imprinted as as early as age two so um, Karen, I know I see you writing you've got some comments <laughs> We
3: cannot overestimate the impact that your mother's death had on you as a three three and a half year old we cannot overestimate the the impact that that had on your psyche it just did and so this recurring dream uh perhaps is the continuation of you working through and and deborah it may it may go on for all of your life the continued working through of that early experience, just trying your your psyche wants you to be healthy and whole, you know just the way the body heals, the psyche tries to heal, and this is your psyche's way of trying to heal that early early uh, injury. When you have these dreams, what is the feeling tone?
1: Do you feel panic, Deborah, or do you feel anxious? Oh,
3: uh, a little panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: there is a there is another thing to think about here that I'll I'll offer you, and that is, um, you indicated that you would open door after door and sometimes find a dead animal, like a dead right. cat or a dead bird or or other things. Were these were these animals that belonged to you that that Were pets of yours or or no? No, no, not at all. Okay. Sometimes in our dreams, death in dreams signifies profound change. Death in dreams often signifies profound change. And so to think about finding little creatures that are dead, this is another change, another change, another change. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it, of it in terms of, um, again, you coming to terms with, with what happened, your own evolution, if you will. So,
1: Karen, I have a question for, for you and Deborah. Um it seems to me that when you have this recurring dream, obviously that initiated from, are, mm-hmm. are seemingly obviously, mm-hmm. uh, a traumatic event, um, would it not be helpful that Deborah go to some counseling now, even though mm-hmm. we're way down the line oh, from absolutely. this, yes. if, to, to try to help? And, and here's another question I have for you. Is there a way to be able to take charge of those dreams? There is two ways that i would suggest
3: number one draw them draw the dream and and when you draw the dream if you would like to add something to it you can add a character you can add an object you can add anything you like draw the dream as it or draw a scene from the dream as it happened or an image of the dream as you saw it but then add something else to it. In a way, that's a conscious way of answering the dream. So, sort of change the end to yes. the dream. Yes, and and the other way is is if you if drawing is often the most powerful way to go about it. If if that doesn't feel comfortable to you, then write the dream in as much detail as possible, as if you're writing a short story. And then when you come to the end of the dream of how it naturally ended and you woke up from it, then take it a step further. What happens next? Make it up. Make up a new ending for the dream. And remember, it's a dream. So anything can happen as a way to answer what
1: the unconscious has given you. As as fantastical as it It, might be, (laughs) it could be. um, And I like to to just allow the dreamer mm -hmm. to come up with it. Come up with a plan. Yes, yeah. Debra, I I strongly suggest that you try what Karen has recommended, to try to journal and change the dream around. I think that um, that's something that I, I know. You know, there have been studies looking at individuals with um, post-traumatic stress disorder and and their dreams and their sleep and we were again talking about this. It can so interfere with adequate sleep because you're afraid mm-hmm. to go to sleep because you might have that reoccurring dream again, and so you end up not having that good REM sleep um, because you're you're sort of interfering with it. So,
2: well, that advice really makes sense to me yeah. because my, my whole life, Caring it, carrying it further with her suggestion, I think that's good. I'll, yeah. I'll do
1: that. Give it a try. Well, good luck. Um, uh, thank you. Thanks for calling. Jay, is it okay if we continue on the phones? Jay's nodding. So um, Paul's been very patient in Oxford waiting. Good morning, Paul.
6: Good morning. Glad to be uh, part of the conversation.
1: Thanks. Well, tell us what, what your questions about dreams are.
6: Well, I have had hundreds of dreams. Uh, different kinds of dreams, just ordinary, everyday things. Uh, My childhood, I was brought up on a farm, row crop, rice, soybeans, that stuff of that nature. I, I seem to always have this dream of climbing, either climbing the step of a combine and missing the step. And when I miss the step, I fall. And then I just fall continuously. Just had this overwhelming feeling of mm-hmm. of, of this tumbling downward, right. um, climbing up the side of a seed wagon. I'll slip and miss a step and fall again. Just hundreds of dreams over the years, but I have had this one dream that is recurring, and it always seems to be early into my uh, sleeping. As uh-huh. I'm just getting rested and starting to fall asleep, I have this dream of going up the stairs to the house and missing the second or third step and falling off the side of the stairs and falling. And I've had that dream throughout my whole life. That is the one dream that has just reoccurred to me, uh-huh. mixed in with the other dreams of just
1: various things. Uh-huh. So uh, just a quick comment about early stage and late stage and all. And first of all, some people get into REM sleep more quickly than others. Um, it The full sleep cycle is around 90 minutes, um, but can be shorter than that. Most of your dreams happen in, um, you know, 70 to 90 minute cycles and and there's REM sleep at the end so it may be that you're you're in those early stages of sleep um it does seem though that most of those really remembered dreams happen at the end of your sleep right yes
3: yes and so this one that's happening in early early stage of sleep suggests now you know this is just a suggestion, Paul. That this has something to do with that sleep chemical, mm-hmm. that the melatonin. Uh,
6: and tri- when uh-huh. our well, tryptophan. I will actually I will actually jerk like, right, Doing uh-huh. just jerk, uh-huh. And My wife will be like, "What in the world?" You know. Um,
2: I think you, I've
6: also had a dream or two. You know that I would say riding a bicycle and going up and over hills, and then just leisurely go over one hill, and then there being no bottom fall, you know and jerk.
3: How often does this does this happen?
6: I I would say twice a month.
3: Okay. Can you connect this happening with any kind of daytime stressor that might right, be then? giving you a hiccup in your sleeping pattern?
1: Something that's got you really stressed or bothered.
6: Well I, 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 I... Not not so much throughout my life, but here recently, my my sleeping pattern has changed. You know, I don't get near as much sleep as I used to. A lot more restlessness. And, mm-hmm. um, have we have had went through some life changing ordeal, but again, I've had those type of dreams my whole life, even mm-hmm. when things were at their best. You know.
3: Okay. I think it might be just you've got a little glitch in your sl- falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Brain chemistry flip, you know, when we fall asleep, certain brain chemicals come up and other brain chemicals go down so that we can ease into these sleep stages. And sometimes that easing into the sleep stage gets, for whatever reason, interrupted, gets there's a there's a yeah, hiccup in it hiccup. so to speak yeah
1: right, and right. and a couple of things that can certainly interfere with that also snoring um, having not enough oxygen coming in um, so sleep positioning don't forget about all that Paul so if you're a snorer. Um, And and you find some of that is worse when maybe you're more congested or you've worked harder or you're you're absolutely exhausted. Um, um, (laughs) Those are those
6: are those part of it. Yeah.
1: So we'll talk more about that next week when we talk about further into sleep. But as, as you're moving along, don't forget to get that checked out. Um, uh, definitely will. And I
6: appreciate your, uh, your comments and,
1: uh, okay. good luck to everyone. Thanks so much. Okay. Well, let's, we're going to stay on the phones until Jay tells me I can't. Um, we're going to Barbara and Tupelo. Hi, Barbara. Thanks for waiting.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I have, uh, kind of opposite. I very rarely have a conscious memory of dreaming. Um I wake up and there's nothing I don't know that I've dreamed. I don't know if I'm sleeping so deep. But I'm gonna hang up and listen to what you have to say about not not consciously remembering my dream. Yeah.
1: We we hear that often that some people say, I just do not dream. Well you probably do dream, correct, but um, you are just not remembering them. The ones that apparently individuals remember the most are the ones that happen at the end of your sleep, your entire night's sleep. So, Karen, comment a little on that. That's that's exactly correct. Uh, there's
3: a, several things that if you want to remember your dreams that um, I would suggest trying. Uh, first of all... Put a notebook and a pen beside your bed, open to a blank page, put the pen on top. Now, I've been doing this for 35 years. Mm -hmm. I've written down every dream or piece of a dream or even just images as they come up. Just to start grabbing an image Even if you just think, no, I was just thinking about that. I wasn't really dreaming. Go ahead and write that down. That often gets things started. Another thing you can try, though, is this. Set your alarm clock about 15 minutes earlier than you ordinarily do. And sometimes that will catch the dream. The end of the The dream. The end of the dream.
1: If you want to. If you want to. Yeah. Does it bother you, Lee, that you do not dream? Or oh, I'm sorry Barbara and she hung up. Uh, I forgot. Yeah. So um yeah, that's a mm-hmm. if you if you want to see what you're dreaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that we recommend to parents as uh we're we're looking at young children who have nightmares and night terrors to if they occur at a particular time in the night. To wake them up fifteen minutes mm-hmm. before it occurs mm-hmm. to sort of disrupt that, mm-hmm. um, and so I guess the same would happen mm-hmm. at the at the end. That's interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: The other thing that might interfere though, there's a lot of things that can interfere with dreaming sleep. Medications can interfere sometimes. Right. Absolutely. So it's so <laughs> certain medications can sort of interfere with the deep sleep or the REM sleep. And that's very unfortunate. And so, you know, uh, Barbara would have to, you know, tell her doctor what, if she feels rested or not. Another thing is alcohol. Alcohol can absolutely disrupt sleep and REM sleep. Uh, So those are two things that can have an impact on dream recall.
1: Right, individuals with narcolepsy often have significant issues, also, and and there's certain seizure medicines, mm-hmm. um, hypothyroidism. There are all kinds of medical issues. You yes. want to get that checked out too, mm-hmm. right? Okay, we'll take one more call, Lee in Woodville. Good morning, Lee. Thanks for calling. Good morning,
7: Doctor Butcherson and Karen. Hi. Look, I got a stack for you, so you might have to take your (laughs) pen (laughs) out. I'm ready. All right. One is, after my second hemorrhagic stroke, I slept for 21 days, over 21 days, at the University of Michigan Medical Center up in Jackson, and I had all types of dreams. And now, from time to time, those dreams come back to me. And this was... In 2013, after my second stroke.
1: Lee, I want to ask you a question. You said you slept. Were you literally in a coma for 21 days? They said I wasn't in a coma. I slept. You slept. Interesting. Okay.
7: I wake up, go back to sleep, wake up Uh for over 21 days. Okay. At the University of Medical Center.
1: So did they have to give you medication to keep you awake, or did you just had come had out of I had brain
7: surgery, and they okay. They removed a lot of fluid from my brain. Okay. Uh-huh. But I was on medications and stuff, but I was flying fighter jets from Vicksburg to Meridian to Natchez, back down on the coast. I was doing it all.
1: Wow. So you were in the military, Lee? Never. Never. Oh. Oh, in your dreams, uh-huh. you are I hear you. Oh wow.
3: <laughs> now when you say those dreams have come back, do you mean you're redreaming them or you're just you're remembering them in a vivid way?
7: I remember them very well and I can redream them. Okay. Okay. Also I wanted to ask you all about falling. Mm-hmm. Sometime in a dream, I'll falling in a black hole, mm-hmm. but I never make it to the bottom. I'm reaching, but I never make it to the bottom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know about that. And last but not least, I wanted to know uh, stages N1, N2, and N3, and what is REM latency?
1: Okay, REM latency. Um that's a good question. I believe the the latency period is right before you get into REM sleep. Uh, Lee, uh, but we've we've talked some about the falling. I'm going to get Karen to address this. I just want to make a couple of comments about your uh, hemorrhagic stroke. Um, so. You, you clearly, with a hemorrhagic tr- stroke, you have um, pressure that occurs in the brain and it can certainly interfere with your sleep center. And 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 um, cause pressure on that your reticular activating system that's part of your brain that that keeps you active and awake. So apparently that was that was affected and and clearly and luckily and it's so wonderful to hear you talking to us. You were able to recover from that. So
7: yes, I had three strokes. Three, Mm. yeah.
1: So uh, you're you're a lucky man to be talking with us. And I hope you're getting excellent medical treatment. It sounds like you must be. So um, with that, let's talk. Karen, you spoke earlier about people getting to do some things in their (laughs) dreams that they can't do in real life. Talk a little about. You know, um, I, I do have one question for you, Lee. The
3: falling dream into a black hole and never making it to the bottom, did you have that dream before your strokes or since your strokes? And this, ex- I've had
7: that dream before my stroke and then after the stroke.
3: Okay. Have you had them all your life or just like within a your little whole while? Huh? Your whole lifetime? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I Again, we've talked about it a little bit this hour already about there being a sleep chemical that allows us to ease into uh, different levels of sleep. And sometimes when that chemical goes awry or or has a little hiccup, um, it makes us feel like we're falling, falling, falling. And sometimes we startle ourselves awake. I don't know if that's been happening to you. Do you startle yourself awake?
7: No matter.
3: Okay, you just keep falling.
7: Keep falling. Okay. Till the dream goes away.
3: Okay, okay. Uh, and tell me your feeling
7: tone
1: about that. How, what What does it feel like?
7: It feels like you're floating.
1: Are you afraid, or is it is it a happy feeling?
7: Never been afraid. It okay. feels like you're, yeah. you're swimming, or you're on your back, floating.
3: Okay. So one way to think about that, then is is that you are it's almost like a lucid dream in that you are sort of moving through, if you will, your own sleep. It's more like you're moving through the unconscious and you're kind of aware of it. Do you see what I'm saying?
7: Yes, ma'am. I am aware of it. Yeah.
3: And so it sounds almost like lucid dreaming where you're 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 in your sleep state, and you know you're in your sleep state, and it's got this feeling of moving, floating, uh, without fear. That's right. Yeah. So, so there's there's that. Now back to your. That
1: sounds like a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. That it's you're okay. able to control it, uh-huh. and you're feeling good about it instead mm-hmm. of in a panic about it. So I wonder, does that mean that that? Um, he is better able to um, take control of those dreams? Um, or... Do you feel in control of the dreams, Lee? Or
7: do
3: you feel like, like they're just happening to you?
7: They're happening, but I feel in control. The only time I'm not in control is when I have a dream and there's a stack of money there and I never can reach
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling the truth that would be very frustrating <laughs> it, would we call that a nightmare that, <laughs> <laughs> maybe but I I wonder if, if a lot of these dreams have some relation to the fact that he had that lee has had the strokes that he has Mm -hmm. had though um it sounds like some of the the dreams occurred before Mm -hmm. but but obviously we know that strokes can cause um uh neurochemical changes Mm -hmm. not just structural changes Mm -hmm. and so maybe it's just all part of your brain trying to to find different pathways Mm -hmm. and all so I don't know. Um, Lee, that's very interesting, and like I said again, we're happy for your uh, recovery, and thanks for your call. I think everybody listening enjoyed that phone call a lot. Uh, Let's go on to Joe in Pope Mississippi. Um, Now, Joe, you have an interesting comment. You have dreams in the Bible?
2: Hello. um, Bible documents occurrence
3: of dreams huh Speak uh, oh. about how the guidance Scripture gives
6: us may be helpful when one wonders about dreams now. Oh.
3: Joe, you're a man after my own heart. I um, actually teach a whole Sunday school class on this. Um, uh, I will point you first to Joseph, he of the coat of many colors, and the dreams he had as a young man that pointed to what his, um, uh, what his potential was and what his future was going to be. And yet, those dreams, the dreams in which the sheaves of wheat bowed down to him and the sun and the moon and the stars bowed down to him. If someone came into my office and talked about that dream, that the sun, the moon, and the stars bowed down to me, I would caution that person very strongly to take a good look at the size of their own ego (laughs) (laughs) yeah and to maybe take it down a notch because if you don't take it down a notch yourself then um then things in your life will conspire to do it for you as indeed happened to joseph Now, Joseph did have a prophetic dream, but not before he went through all manner of things to get that ego of his in the right place. Mm. Um, uh, A famous quote from Jung is, um, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life, and you will call it fate. Andrew,
1: call Jung, one of my... (laughs) Favorite. Mm-hmm. Um lots of so lots of excellent quotes. Yeah. That's
3: one example of how dreams uh and dreamers in the Bible can point us to what to do with those dreams. You know, how do we listen to those dreams? And if we listen to those dreams, if if Joseph had taken a slightly different approach to his dreams could he have avoided all of the terrible trials and tribulations that he had to go to to indeed fulfill his his um calling in in life does that help it helps thank you ma'am
1: oh thanks for your call joe excellent um point of dreams in the bible um, well, Jay, should we take a break now? We're gonna just keep going. We have some open lines now and some time if anyone would like to give us a call, you can call us at 1877 MPB Ring. That's 1877 672 7464. Um, Karen, let's talk a little bit more about some of the areas that um, we haven't gotten to cover. Um and and one of them particularly is um, there's some question by some researchers that um, that you've sort of mentioned a little bit. so as as various brain circuits are activated, sometimes that does trigger memories and behaviors that mm-hmm. that, um, sometimes we get into and that may be something we want to to talk a little bit about i see some calls coming in so we'll stop as soon as we we are um able to take one of them but um do you believe that the that the more active the brain is what for example if someone drinks caffeine um shortly before they go to bed are they more likely to have significant dream sleep than than if not
3: my experience is and i i don't have anything to back this up at my fingertips but my experience is is that caffeine actually prevents it too much of a neural stimulator right? and it actually prevents us from going into REM sleep Um, so no it doesn't activate dreaming it probably has the opposite effect it suppresses
1: it and that's why individuals Mm -hmm. who drink too much caffeine Mm -hmm. often are sleepy all the time Mm -hmm. is because they're just continuing to interfere with Mm -hmm. that okay let's go back to the phones we have Laura on the road from Texas hi Laura Hey, how are you? Great. Thanks for calling. You have some questions about your daughter's dream. I do. She has been having
0: nightmares for about five years. Sometimes she can be very specific like it's clowns, and sometimes it's just very vague like she's terrified.
1: But it's been off and on for five years. How old is she, Laura? Nineteen. Nineteen. Has anything traumatic happened to her? that you know of
0: no she hasn't we moved back and i guess we moved from overseas her in eighth grade she's now a sophomore in college i'd say it started about her sophomore year
3: okay
1: karen some thoughts about that
3: um in in what in her waking life how is she doing
0: well right now she's stressed she's in her second year of college (laughs)
1: right that's that's a stressor
0: usually she's pretty good we're we're a stable family Mm -hmm. married parents siblings Mm -hmm. that dog you know looks pretty normal on the surface
3: and where were you overseas
0: malaysia and australia
3: oh wow and was that a great experience for y'all it
0: was it was truly wonderful Uh just got to see the world and then we moved back to texas so
3: that they could have high school and then go home for Texas colleges. Yeah, great. Um, I wonder if since this started what, two years after your return? Yes. Okay. I wonder if this has anything to do with reintegrating into our to this culture versus that culture.
0: Okay. Would
3: that make sense? It
0: would. I mean they were Fairly sheltered. They went to American schools, and okay. like that. Uh-huh. weren't missionaries or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely a culture shock shock to come back home.
1: Yeah, a lot of times, like, yeah, a lot of times transitions will um, will cause um, increased stress, right? And, oh yes, yeah, and certainly could cause some memory issues.
3: Well, I'd like to suggest. First of all, if there's anything on her mind, to go to go find somebody and talk to them. And um, often um, colleges will have a counseling center. And so if these dreams are really troubling her, to go and talk to somebody about them. Earlier in the hour, we talked about how to answer, so to speak, troubling or disturbing dreams. And this is a good example of, of, of that. If she'll write them down, if she'll look at them, if she'll write them down, give them a new ending, if she'll draw an image from them and maybe add something to the drawing, that might kind of change things. It'll shift something more than likely will shift. And let's see where that where that takes her. But my um, my first suggestion is just to go talk them out. With someone, with a, a trained counselor, um, maybe, maybe on college campus, maybe, maybe someone off uh, campus in her town, but to talk them through. Sometimes just the talking through will bring something to the surface, and that will, that will be what the dreams wanted in the first place so that's my suggestion
1: yeah I think often um, I think that's a great suggestion um, Laura that that you you get your daughter to speak with somebody who maybe can help her with that journaling may help but again the, it sounds like maybe going to someone counselor Karen Bonner thank you so much I know you're doing a presentation at Millsaps um, I am September
3: yep. 29th 9 yeah. o'clock to 1 o'clock yeah. Part of the Community Enrichment Series, Introduction to Dreams.
1: Yeah, I bet that'll be very interesting. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Today's show is engineered by Jay White, our call screener. Um... Oh, Java Chapman, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for relatively speaking and that you'll stay tuned for NPR's here now coming up next on MPB Think Radio. So don't forget next week we'll talk more about sleep. We'll be back.